Knowledge is power, and we are all about empowering the mamas of the world. In each episode, we will unravel and interpret the latest research and evidence-based practices for pregnancy, postpartum, and motherhood. As mums and researchers ourselves, we have experienced firsthand the overwhelming complexity of information, myths, and those classic old wives' tales. I'm Dr. Renee White. And I'm Dr. Mika Petucci. And, and this, this is, is The Science of Motherhood. Motherhood. Hello and welcome to episode 31 of The Science of Motherhood. I am your co-host, Dr. Renee White. My other co-host, Dr. Mika Petucci, she will be back very soon from her maternity leave. And we are the co-founders of Fill Your Cup Postpartum Doulas here in Melbourne and Hobart. We are Australia's first biochemist-led doula village. What does that mean? Translation, please, Renee. Well, Mika and I are both biochemists by trade. We have a PhD in biochemistry. We are so passionate about women's health and, in particular, postpartum nutrition. And so it is our love and desire to build the village that you don't have. And we do that through building our own doula village, first of all. So big shout out to Amanda, Caitlin, Georgie, Samara and Kate, who are all part of our doula team in Melbourne and Hobart. And collectively, well, we've been referred to as Fairy Godmothers and Mary Poppins <laughs> and amazing things like that. So we provide in-home postpartum care for you when your baby comes home from the hospital or after your home birth. And it is just a wonderful opportunity to provide you with support, both practical and emotional support, to cook you beautifully nourishing postpartum specific meals. That is the core of our business. And both Mika and I have curated our FYC mama menu specifically around restoring all of those lost micronutrients that our beautiful babies have sucked the life out of us during those nine to 10 months. And as a statistic, 70 to 80% of women walk into motherhood depleted, whether that be depleted of nutrients and or sleep or, uh, you know, having some sort of mental health challenges as well. So it is so important for women like yourself when you are entering motherhood to take time to recover and replenish and restore all of those all of those things and that is where we come in so if anyone is interested in looking at our services we provide care it can be on a weekly basis it can be a one off session as well we are at www ifillyourcup.com and you can check out all of our wonderful offerings there and you can also meet our team on our doula page all of our beautiful women who we work with we're so so lucky and speaking of beautiful and very 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 wise women today I had the 
absolute pleasure of talking to Jolene Winderspay, who is an IBCLC lactation consultant. So for all those playing at home, they are the IBCLC means that she's been internationally accredited. That is one thing when it comes to referrals for us at FYC. We work with an amazing team of other accredited medical practitioners. We only refer IBCLC lactation consultants. Jolene is also an endorsed midwife and a naturopath. This woman has a thirst for knowledge and just like us. And Jolene has her own private practice as a lactation consultant, um, which you can find her at jwp.care where she provides an integrated breastfeeding and lactation service, drawing on from both of those kind of different elements, both midwifery and her naturopathy in an evidence-based practice. Obviously, she's highly, highly qualified. She's worked as a midwife for over a decade now and assisted many women in their breastfeeding and just feeding journeys. She's a qualified naturopath, as I said, and her approach, as you will hear in the interview, is quite holistic. And she as well has a particular focus on nutrition. So something that's a bit different about this episode is that we don't specifically talk about breastfeeding. I wanted to be a little bit selfish because I wanted to have a chat to Jolene about how people like myself as a doula, or you could transition this into how how any support person can help and support and set up mamas for breastfeeding success. How, How can we do this? So if you have got someone out there who is going to be your support person, whether it be your partner or your mum or your cousin or your sister or your dad or or whatever it is, this might be a really great episode for you to kind of copy the link and and, uh, handball over to them and just um, kind of make them a little bit aware of, you know, this might actually be really good for you to listen to this before I go through my breastfeeding journey. So we talk about how obviously we can set up mamas for breastfeeding success. We talk about the elements of naturopathy and and how nutrition from that kind of perspective is used to build and maintain a rich milk supply. We also look look at the hormones and the energy and how we can support those during postpartum. And as well as realistic self-care and mindfulness for new mamas. That's, a, I think, something that often gets lost and we don't think about. We we frequently talk to, you know, prospective clients who, are, who come through the website and one of the number one things that they say is, I have a really supportive partner but I did not expect to feel the way I'm feeling right now as a new mum. And I really need that extra support. I don't think anyone can truly prepare for motherhood. And even at the best of times, it's it's quite challenging. And then we're going to wrap up with 
some real kind of practical tips around relaxed and ergonomic kind of breastfeeding positions to reduce tension. I know that my shoulders are still suffering and I haven't breastfed for my goodness over two years now. And it's just that kind of clenching of your shoulders and things like that. I wish someone, I wish I had taken the time to listen to a podcast like this perhaps. So I hope you truly find this quite valuable. As I said, if there are people out there who are about to support you in your feeding journey, maybe handball this episode over to them so they can have a listen too. But in the meantime, I hope you enjoy my chat with Jolene. Hello and welcome to the podcast, Jolene from JWP, who is an IBCLC lactation consultant. We would have all heard from the introduction. And not only that, you're like a woman of like so many achievements. You're an endorsed midwife and a naturopath as well. So that is like the trifecta for a mum. Yes, that is a really great holistic combo. I love I that. Like it's, yeah, it just all leads in and I feel like a lot of questions overlap a lot of the time. So it's great to be able to give all of those well-rounded answers. Yeah, 100%. Now, you have been a lactation consultant for how long? So I qualified in 2018. So I've been working full-time since then and a midwife since 2010. Wow. That's a lot of catching of babies. (laughs) Yeah. And watching breastfeeding. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Which is kind of what we're going to be talking about today, but we're going to go really niche because Mm -hmm. we've just been talking offline and you and I have been talking for a while now. You're actually one of our preferred providers for lactation consultant work here at Fill Your Cup. And... One of the reasons that I love you so much, Jolene, is because we very much share values and philosophies, and that is around the Possums program, which everyone knows Mm -hmm. that every one of our FYC mummers gets a full lifetime membership to when they join our village. And what we are going to be focusing on today, though, is still breastfeeding. It is supporting mums, but... We're going to add an extra layer and that layer is how postpartum doulas like myself, like our FYC doula village, how can the doulas assist mamas up for a successful breastfeeding journey? How does that work? As an IBCLC, what are some of your top tips that you could give us to help assist our mamas in their journey? So, I mean, there's lots of ways we can go. I think something I love about doors is just how holistic their approach is. And I think breastfeeding needs to be more of a holistic approach within healthcare in general. Mm-hmm. So I guess part of the fill your cup and a lot of doula's service is the food nutrition. Yeah. So that is the probably one of the biggest things. My approach with mums is very holistic and I spend a lot of time advising nutrition so the goal is having a mum who's well fed if she can't rest well then she's compensating by eating Mm -hmm. the best nutrition and really targeted nutrition it might be a lot of new recipes or new ways of eating so having the doula there just to kind of guide that process whether it's really practical like 
ordering the meal services or actually being in the home and preparing the food. I think that is one of the first things that doulas can do. And I find that mums really resonate with the, the nutrition. They're keen to hear about it, but maybe just don't have the energy to do it all themselves, do the big grocery shop, do all the food prep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that would be definitely one of the first things. And I think it also has a really big impact on milk quality, but also milk supply. So, yeah. yeah. And do you have any top foods that you recommend your mamas or recipes that you're willing to share? (laughs) Yeah, well, I wouldn't have a recipe off the top of my head, but what I really go on and on about this is breakfast. Yes. Trying trying to have it as soon as possible. So ideally one hour within waking. Yeah. And I love eggs. So a pre-prepared omelet. So having like vegetables already pre-prepared at the start of the week. And then Mm -hmm. you're just literally mixing the eggs and chucking it in a pan. And if someone can do that for you, that's even more ideal. Mm -hmm. But setting yourself up with a protein um, focused breakfast is definitely my most top advice. I don't want to hear that a mum is having brunch or skipping breakfast entirely and maybe just having a coffee to kind of, you know, scave through the morning. It's just, it just does not work and it's not sustainable. No, it's definitely not. I think for all those playing at home, those who have joined our FYC village and you get our emails every week on a Sunday evening, we've done a couple Mm -hmm. of emails around this exact topic, the fact that we really need to start our days with breakfast, number one, Mm -hmm. and two, Mm -hmm. there needs to be a sufficient amount of protein because the research shows that if you set yourself up for breakfast, then everything else falls in place. You know, you're not mm-hmm. getting that constant snacking and hunger. Like snacks are great. I'm all for snacks. But like that ravenous snacking that's just not, you don't feel full by the end of it and mm. you're just grasping at toast or Tim Tams like I used to, which is just no-go, 100%. And then with that protein, also in your breakfast, you're not getting that crazy sugar spike as well. You're yep. getting that beautiful, sustainable kind of plateau of your blood sugar and you're not doing that crash afterwards. This is where you get the fatigue, mamas. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like just your baby's already waking, what, you know, five times overnight. You're sleep deprived from that. But it is, it's that nutrition, Jolene. You're absolutely right. Okay, so what other things can doulas do? I mean, we're working in home with mamas all the time and and it is one of those big, big challenges that we see and we do want to, you know, we do want to stick in our lane. We are postpartum doulas. If you mm-hmm. haven't, you know, become a lactation consultant, it is out of your scope, so you shouldn't be advising too heavily. Can you walk us through... As a postpartum doula, some of the red flags, if we see that or we hear or experience that with our mummers, that is the point that we should consult with someone like you, get get in touch with someone like you. Can you mm-hmm. walk us through any of those? Yeah. I mean, the biggest one that sticks out, and this is for, you know, those early days, is nipple pain that is not improving. So mm-hmm. I'm not just talking about that discomfort with the initial latch where yep. the baby's 
pulling that breast tissue really deep into the mouth. It's that kind of persistent pain and the nipple skin is actually not intact. So that is a sign that the the latch or what Pamela says is Dr. Pamela says is the fit and hold mm-hmm. that, that needs a bit of bit more review and a bit more of assessment to tweak it and get it working properly. And then from that point, because the the fit and hold and the latch is really the foundation, if that's not correct, the baby's not going to be drinking enough. So it mm-hmm. might lead to a bit more persistent cluster feeding. Like we know that newborns feed very frequently, but is it persistent? Is it relentless? Like is the baby trying to tell the mum that it's not getting what it needs mm-hmm. and that needs to be reviewed a bit more? So those would be the first two things. Um, And then I guess it would also be around milk supply. So if we are sort of approaching a week to maybe two weeks and we've got a baby that's doing a lot of cluster feeding, a lot of time on the breast and maybe the mum, we're working on nutrition, but we're just not seeing that kind of relax a little Mm -hmm. bit, then maybe a supply issue could be underlying and that would be something I would think about with mums who maybe have some kind of complex hormonal picture like thyroid dysfunction Mm -hmm. or PCOS or gestational diabetes so just being alerted to that hormonal picture which you would have gathered from your pregnancy history yeah keeping that in mind fantastic okay and so on I want to go down like that kind of naturopathic and nutrition kind of train of thought. Can you talk to us through the naturopathic perspective on nutrition and like what are your recommendations for like building and maintaining a rich milk supply? Because I know one of the one of the fundamental issues and it crops up every single time with our clients is this misconception that in those early days, obviously the, you know, baby's feeding cluster, 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 and their thought process is I am not producing enough milk. I need to top up with Mm. formula or I need to pump and do that whole triple feeding, like, phenomenon. Can you walk us through, like, first of all, what the normal stages are and then how to maintain like a beautiful rich milk supply with nutrition mm. and naturopathy because I think particularly for first-time mums, they panic and they're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I need to I need to top up with formula. And correct me if I'm wrong, fact check me because I'm not an IBCLC, but typically our advice is try not to with the formula, because if you think about it logically, the baby at the breast is stimulating the milk Mm. production. Mm -hmm. And if you take the baby off the breast and instead supplement with formula, your breasts are going to go, oh, I don't need to make as much then. And therefore, you're actually setting yourself up for a lower or a reduced milk production. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, just to touch on that while it's really fresh in my mind is that, yeah, that's that whole supply and demand. And I mean, often we'll see pumping maybe being brought into that picture as well to sort of 
try and stimulate the breast, we've got to remember that a piece of equipment is never going to create that hormonal cascade that your baby can. Your baby and your body are just speaking to each other in ways that we just can't even comprehend. So Mm -hmm. a machine, even though you're being very diligent with your pumping, it's still not going to have that same effect Mm. on your milk supply. And just on that yeah. point, we get a lot of mums who are like, oh, my God, I'm only getting like 10 mils pumping. I yeah. must, my baby must be underfed. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no. You yeah. know, yeah. your your baby was like, is, is like the 100% optimal fit and hold and structure and physiology to get that efficient milk transfer. The machine... I mean, I don't know what the efficiency is. I'm going to say 70%. I'm just going to throw a figure out there. But it is, I, I it's, couldn't, yeah. it's not going to, it's not going to replicate mm. the suction yeah. or anything like that. So, yeah, I just wanted to throw that one in there. So I've probably put you off um, your train of thought. But yeah. I think that's important to note because so many mums just go, oh, I must be, uh, um, no, my milk's not in. I have, oh, no, nah, it's all over. And I'm like, no, yeah. it's not. I guess just one more thing about the pumping is that if you haven't done a whole lot of research about pumping, that is a whole world in itself. Like mm-hmm. is it a hospital-grade pump or is yes. it a passive pump like a hucker does the what we call the flange, so the actual shield that fits around the nipple, does it actually fit you properly? Yeah. There's so many things to factor. Are you actually holding it correctly? So. Yeah, there's a there's a lot to consider just in that pumping space alone as mm-hmm. well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Good. But I guess I guess back to your original question about it's probably about setting the scene of what's actually normal for a baby. And I think a lot of families like we don't grow up in a village anymore. We don't see what it's like to raise a newborn. We don't know how much babies cry, and yeah. we're also in those like you know we've only got a few people around to help us if it's not just the partner or maybe even it's a mum on her own Mm -hmm. so sharing the load of that crying baby and cuddling that baby really falls onto just those you know um intimate family members so I think like it's normal that the baby is going to cry a lot Dr Pamela talks about this for the first 16 weeks that a baby can't actually regulate their own nervous system. They And babies actually don't realise they're a separate person. They think they're one with the mother. So yeah. doing a lot of cuddling and comfort and allowing the baby to self-regulate and be at the breast for reasons not just purely about nutrition is really important. So having a very liberal approach um, to offering the breast is really important. 100%. Yeah, that's another thing that we get. Oh, they're, they're cluster feeding, they're cluster feeding, but they're not actually feeding. That's like that feed, 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 and then I'm just going to go to sleep, but I'm just going to stay right there. And when you explain to them, you know it's more than just nutrition. You know, mm-hmm. they want to be with you and that is their safe haven and you are their everything and just like take that deep breath and accept that and just love that moment that you are there mm. everything um mm-hmm. is something quite important i think for for mums to just take on and 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 think about okay so 
All right. So doulas, let's go back to the original question. How can we Mm -hmm. help from a naturopathic perspective in terms of, you know, herbs or supplements or things like that to maintain a rich milk supply as well as nutrition, I guess. Like Mm. that's obviously our running theme through the whole thing. So definitely. Well, I think nutrition is the foundation. Yeah. Like we've already touched on and that's, you know, ideally three really good protein focused meals a day and then snacks. Yeah. And also hydration, whether that is Mm. things like herbal teas. But I would just say that if your doula doesn't have that naturopathy or herbalism background, we just want to be quite mindful of herbs. Mm -hmm. So some herbs that I like to recommend are nettle, Mm -hmm. raspberry leaf and chamomile. And those are all very gentle, basic, over-the-counter types of herbs that you can incorporate even if you don't have that kind of specific qualification mm-hmm. and they're very nourishing chamomile is what we call a nervine so it's got a very calming effect on the nervous system mm. and it's also very beneficial for your gut and it, therefore your baby's gut as well which is incredibly sensitive yes as we know during those early weeks I love that chamomile is such a beautiful tea as well just to like I don't know I think back to when in my feeding days, I would just be sitting in like my feeding chair and you could just be sipping tea, you know, as you're in that moment. It's just like, and just that oxytocin booster as well, just Mm -hmm. to kind of take it all in. And they all assist in a rich milk supply as well or? Yeah, definitely. The um, nettle is very it's such an underrated herb. It's so nutrient rich and it's, it's great for hair growth. So we know um, mums, just as just a side point, um, yes. we get a lot of hair loss. So drink up that nettle tea. <laughs> and also the raspberry leaf is a very womanly herb. It's a very toning for the uterus and just supporting the body during that postpartum time. And then, yeah, I usually use the chamomile because it's quite a mild herb. One of my favorite ways to prepare it is actually boiling it in uh, like some milk of your choice. I love oat milk and actually just making like a kind of creamy chamomile latte. It's a really lovely thing to do in the evening just to kind of get all those bedtime hormones, you know, really stirring up. I love that idea because I was going to say to you, how do we put this into practice? Okay, so yeah. a chamomile, almost like a chai latte, but a chamomile latte. Yeah, oh, so no I caffeine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, love that. I guess also I love kind of sneaking herbs into the diet. So the nettle has got quite like a grassy um, green sort of taste, yeah. but it's a really great base for like stews, stocks. You can even hide it into a smoothie if you've got some stronger tasting ingredients like yeah. some fresh berries or things like that. Okay. Yeah, and even same with the raspberry leaf as well. And so do you like do you boil put it in some boiling water first and then put that water in? Or like how does it work? Sorry, I'm so, yeah. <laughs> so no, fascinated no, no. by These this. Great, great questions. I'm just like rattling all the stuff off and <laughs> I'm like, I know what I mean. <laughs> oh, we're just gonna go like pick some nettle and then we're just gonna throw it in our green smoothie. 
<laughs> so dried nettle, you yep. can um, get it from basically any health food store. Yeah. And then you would, um, you're basically making like a really strong tea. Okay. So you could use your teapot. Depend, you know, if it's your first time with it, I'd rather go less than more. Uh-huh. And the longer you brew the tea, the darker and stronger it's going to get. So yep. it almost goes from a tea into a, what we call a decoction. Okay. which is like getting really witchy now. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So you can, you know, I think a little bit of a less stronger flavor, but more often is yeah. more beneficial than sort of going really hard with a super strong one. And then you're kind of pulling back because it's just a bit much. Yeah. Okay. So if yeah, we won't sense. be doing like shots of nettle or anything like that. Or can you? Um, you could probably... I think if you if you don't have a super sensitive palate and you're up for it, I don't see why not. I think that would be, yeah, a great way to actually get it into your system. Okay. A really strong brood and you could shot it back. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, oh, wow. And so, okay, because I this is my biochemist brain happening, with – supplements like this the nettle the raspberry leaf and the chamomile are there certain foods or other things that complement them really well or certain foods that you could say don't consume this with that because they actually have the opposite effect so for example iron supplements don't drink them with coffee and tea Mm. when you're Mm -hmm. having those you know try and have them with orange juice because the vitamin C and the iron obviously are cofactors together and blah, 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 works great absorption. Do you know, like I'm just thinking, you know, are there Mm. any kind of things where we can kind of make it either, you know, either antagonistic, so we don't want that, or agonistic where we really do have that kind of pumped up version of the nettle or the raspberry or the chamomile? Yeah. Well, I think just drawing it back to nature and, Nature is inherently and not antagonistic. Hang on, what's that? A- agonistic? <laughs> agonistic? Agonistic. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm going like full biochemistry thing. here. <laughs> no, no, no. I know, I know what you're saying. Yeah. So I think that cons- like if you're having raspberry leaf, yeah. right, and yeah. it's from the raspberry leaf plant, yeah, have some raspberries with it because that yeah. as a okay. whole is going to work really well together. I guess it's nettle, nettle leaf is what we consume when we're drinking the herbal tea. I wouldn't say go pick up, pick some fresh nettles because you're going to get stung, <laughs> actually literally stinging nettle. So I think just leave that one yeah. as is. But yeah, I think thinking about consuming the plant as a whole or when we think about consuming, like say an animal for people who eat meat, yeah. we're wanting to consume the organs and the bone marrow and, you know, the muscle as well, not yeah. just kind of like the steak fillet Yeah, to get the full benefits of that whole food. Yeah, I love that. So, yeah, that's, that's what I would kind of say. Okay, great. I literally am going to go get some nettle now. I want to do shots of nettle and see how that works out for me. <laughs> yeah, let me know how you go. <laughs> I'm more of a tea, a nettle tea kind of person. Okay. Yeah. So just you can buy literally buy nettle tea bags. If that feels more convenient to just dunk a quick tea bag. I know, you know, mums have very limited time. So maybe brewing this whole fancy tea situation isn't realistic. Yeah. So I think any step you can take to make it feel more convenient and therefore more doable is really good. Okay. All right. Let's talk about hormones and 
energy in postpartum. And I love the fact that you touched on that earlier in terms of some red flags, you know, thyroid function and and things like that. I just think is such an underrated topic that we are not talking about enough Mm. as women. And (laughs) I was reading up about it the other day and like I was looking at things like, you know, obviously getting my iodine levels up a bit and I was like I went straight to seaweed. Mm -hmm, So, mm -hmm. you know, found some nori. um, They look like paper essentially. But like, yeah, yeah, the nori paper. And it was so interesting because I was my daughter, who's only four and a half, she's like, what are you eating, mum? Are you eating sushi? And I said, no, 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 this is the seaweed that wraps it up. And she's like, oh, I think I like seaweed. (laughs) And I was like, I think it's a really good conversation to have with kids. I know she's only four and a half, but she's already very Mm. interested. It's probably because I'm like a massive science nerd. She's already very interested in how food can translate to the way that the body works. And I think being aware of that is so important for women. It's not just, oh, I have a problem, we can fix it with a drug. I'm sure there's a time and a place for all of that. I am a scientist, I totally get that. And I was (laughs) involved in drug discovery as well, so I'm totally Mm. on team, you know, Western medicine. But at the same time, I think, you know, if we can support our bodies and our hormones and our energy through nutrition, let's go with that first, you know. And I keep seeing like on the whole hormones and energy, there's a lot going on at the moment around iron. I don't know what it is. It seems like this big buzz thing at the moment. People are just being flicked straight over to iron supplements. And I just think there might be a better way. And going back to your nature comment, go back to nature. How did nature want us to consume iron? Because Mm. In products like meat-based products and things like that, there are other cofactors in there that help support that iron absorption and that's how we were actually supposed to consume it as humans. Mm -hmm. You know, we find it very difficult to replicate that in a lab, I can assure you. (laughs) Yeah. So what are some of your recommendations around supporting hormones, particularly in that kind of postpartum period because it is a roller coaster mm. <laughs> after you have a baby. Yeah. So I'm gonna just touch on the breakfast thing again. Yes. Because like you said, with that kind of roller coaster of blood sugar, if you're not having that breakfast ideally within one hour of waking, it can set your blood sugars off to become really unstable. Mm-hmm. And that actually impacts all of your other hormones. So if we're not getting that right you can eat a lot of iron, whatever you're going to try, but you need to get that foundation right. So I would always just pull it back to what are we doing at the start of the day? How can we optimize that? With the thyroid, is that what you wanted to touch on specifically or iron? I think like iron is one of the most common deficiencies Mm -hmm. um, globally. So it's very easy to prescribe something because prescribing something is cheap and health professionals feel like they're doing something and taking action. And that obviously comes from that need of wanting to help, but sometimes it isn't always the most helpful thing. So um, getting educated around 
you know, um, that whole naturopathic principle of let food be thy medicine. So we're going back to nature, trying that first. But also with iron, um, a lot of people don't realize that it's an absorption issue. So it's not just consuming the iron. You might be taking those amazing steps to have your steak and have your bone marrow and have all your greens and have your vitamin C, you know, really harnessing the power of the cofactors. But then you're still not getting that kind of raise in your iron levels. So um, one of the things can be the stomach acid potency just isn't there. And that can really affect your body's ability to break down and therefore absorb the iron. So I guess that's sort of um, more leaning on like gut health and powers the health of your digestive system. Mm-hmm. And then with the thyroid, what do you, have you experienced any clients where you could kind of talk us through a bit of a case study or anything like that, where you've kind of identified, oh, hold on a minute, we've tried X, Y, Z, that doesn't seem to be working, or, you know, maybe we should go and get a thyroid test afterwards. Mm. Yeah, I mean, thyroid, like I actually meet a lot of women who take thyroxine, which is the um, generic uh, medication prescribed to support um, low-functioning thyroid. Mm -hmm. So... There's sort of, I guess from a naturopathic perspective, it can be chronic stress that degrades that hormonal um, strength of the thyroid Mm -hmm. over time. And then, yeah, if you were a health practitioner who's maybe not as holistic, they probably just would put you on that medication just to like level out um, the thyroid levels. I mean, it's not, I don't have any research off the top of my head, but in my anecdotal experience, I do see sometimes I might be questioning a mum if she comes into either one of my clinics or I see her privately that her milk supply is potentially a little bit delayed or not quite getting to that optimal level we're looking for mm-hmm. and if she has been taking thyroxine then I find um, there can be a little bit of a link because again it's coming back to are the hormones balanced if they're not then there are going to be consequences of that mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and yes, I love your point about consuming iodine from natural sources. It's delicious so, yeah. too. <laughs> I love seaweed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It adds great texture and you can stir it into your broth. Yeah. Or literally just snack on it as you were. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's so, so good. Okay. Then we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to sure. talk about self care and mm-hmm. mindfulness with love for new mums. This is something that we talk about at an an extensive amount of time in our prenatal sessions with our FYC mummers around self-care and mindfulness because it is so important, you know. And as you touched on previously, we're no longer living in a village. We are in nuclear families now and so Mm. we need to either get on board with building a village, which is something that we talk about and provide tools for all of our mums to be able to implement that. But it is around being realistic around your self-care and taking that time for yourself. I know that there was a paper which demonstrated that, I'm going to try and get this right, and I'm pretty sure it was out of Australia as well, that if a mother took I think it was only half an hour minimum, half an hour Mm -hmm. minimum each week, she was like 
four or five times less likely to get postnatal depression. Wow. Half an hour a week. Mm -hmm. We are trying to, like, encourage our mums to get 10, 15, 20-minute blocks a day. You know, if you can do that, we understand that newborn days are rough, you know, but if there's a moment in time where you can just ground yourself, sip on some chamomile latte and just take a deep breath for two minutes, sometimes that is the difference between breaking and Mm -hmm. thriving through the day. What are some of the practices that you talk about with your clients around self-care and mindfulness? And maybe that's, you know, some things that we could integrate as doulas and have a chat to our clients about. Yeah, I love this so much. It's so important. I think, like, there is this idea of real martyrdom in motherhood, mm. like, with a that baby. That was me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think, I think if you're not, if you lose yourself in the moment and then continue to play out that passion, you're actually getting really disconnected from yourself and it's hard to come back into your body and kind of the more detached you get, the sort of it's, it can spiral. So I think it's firstly about trying to cultivate that mindset. And I would say ideally in pregnancy. So having a little bit of practice of like checking in, how am I feeling in this moment? Just doing a little bit of breath work to kind of anchor into your body and actually feel mm-hmm. feel the chair that you're sitting on, feel your feet on the ground. Like it sounds so simple, but it's so effective and it draws you into the present moment. So I would think that even if you are cuddling your crying baby, you can still do those things. And I would argue that it's, that is probably the most important time to do it because you're going to therefore regulate your baby's nervous system in a positive way. Yeah. Yeah. So you can simultaneously self-care and baby care. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Just on that point, like grounding yourself, I did a recent post for FYC which I said singing to your baby can reduce depression and or anxiety. And the Mm -hmm. research behind that is the fact that when you sing or hum or chant as you would in like meditation or yoga or something like Mm -hmm. that, you start to switch on and stimulate your vagus nerve, which is like the hub for your parasympathetic nervous system, which is the antagonist for your fight or flight, you know, nervous system. So Mm -hmm. 100%, if you have a crying baby in your arms and you are at wit's end, you either put your baby down and walk out of the room and Mm -hmm. make sure that they are safe or if you don't want to let them go and you need them to be close, start singing, start humming, Mm -hmm. start doing something like that. And then that will switch on the vagus nerve. And like you were saying, you know, they don't, our children don't know that they are another identity in those first Mm. few months and they are feeding off our regulation system. I did a podcast with Dr. Greer Kirschenbaum and as we are recording now, this episode with Greer hasn't been released yet but she was discussing how she's a neuroscientist she was discussing how if we could see what is going on in our children's brains as we are just holding them or feeding them 
like it would be a completely different world because the hormones and endorphins, and she calls it um, a nurture bath. She said the brain is in this nurture bath and just all of these magical things are going, new synapses are being made and neurons are being fired. We can't see any of that. But when we're holding them close and we're feeding them or they're not feeding, they're just at the breast, all of this magic is happening between our two bodies. And I think mamas need to remind themselves that they are doing enough, they are enough, and that if they don't look after themselves, you know, typically the boat's going to capsize because our, our children need us, you know. So do you have any recommendations or things that you suggest to your clients around mindfulness or self-care like do you talk about getting another support person in or just meditation or do you have do you have any favorite practices yeah yeah definitely there's so many things to do but also just keeping it realistic like if I'm meeting someone who's really not very familiar with self-care in general I'm not going to say hey start doing Vedic meditation yeah you know like so I'm going to say it again breakfast yeah it's basic self-care and I think when time is poor and we're feeling overwhelmed stripping it down and actually getting the basics right drinking enough water yeah and then obviously prioritizing the rest even if you're not sleeping when your baby sleeps be horizontal like lie on your side on the floor Mm -hmm. next to where they're sleeping or just even lay in the sunlight if you can I Mm -hmm. think the sun has I know it's a bit harder in winter as we're coming into the winter months, but the sun has such an important um, mood boosting effect. So yeah, I'm trying to kind of hang out in those light spaces or even getting out for a walk if that feels achievable. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love guided meditations. I think if that's someone who isn't very used to the concept of doing meditation, maybe just popping on a five minute guided meditation through a free app like Insight Timer, that is like such a good place to start because Mm -hmm. it's not putting that pressure on yourself to think about nothing which always backfires someone's just kind of yeah just gently guiding you through the process and I'm a big fan of Ashley Neath she's a breathwork practitioner out of LA and she um she has she has a son and she talks about breathwork practices and she's had a quite a healing journey for herself so she's a nice one to follow as well and then um, Melissa Wood Health she does she's a mom she specializes in like at-home Pilates but she also has some really beautiful guided meditations as well I love that thank you for sharing those I'm a huge fan of Insight Timer that's actually one Mm. of one of the only apps (laughs) that we recommend our mamas download there's that and the Bring app it's called it's like a um shopping list a synced shopping list for yeah it's it's I use it for not probably what it's supposed to be used for um (laughs) in the sense that what our recommendation is with the Bring app is it's a centralized shopping list and you like have it all written down and then you can add people into the list like your mother-in-law or your sister or like your brother or your cousin whatever it is your partner and I kept finding that I was up at 3 a.m. and my brain was like racing and I'd be like oh god I need to get nappies I need to get like cotton swabs or I need to get this this and this and so I would just add it to the app shopping list and then 
if someone was coming over, like, you know, my mother-in-law or something, she could hop onto the app. I would be napping during the day. She wouldn't have to wake me and go, do you need anything? Mm, She would just jump onto the app and go, oh, they need X, Y, Z. I'll grab that on my way through. And then there's no relaying of messages or anything like that. So that's the Bring app, everyone. <laughs> I love that. It like reduces the mental load. That yes. Kind of pressure to remember and hold hold those kind of little 100%. details in your, yep. in your brain, which is so exhausting. Yes. And yep. we are four and a half years postpartum and we still use it to this day. Yeah, that's day, awesome. Tried and is, true. Yes, 100%. I love it, love it, mm. love it so much. And I am going to ask, again, switching gears, I love the self-care, I love the mindfulness. Let's talk about like the physical because I still feel my breastfeeding journey was 15 months long. I still feel like my shoulders are recovering. Mm. (laughs) Let's talk about how to create a relaxed and ergonomic breastfeeding kind of environment for our mamas what are some of the positions that you recommend and again going back to that how can doulas support their mamas what are we looking for what's the setup look like and what are we trying to steer away from yeah yeah this is such a good question I talk about posture a lot in my practice first of all if you can have a doula that does massage absolute bonus Mm -hmm. um just that physical hands-on touch if that's what you're um, wanting to release the sort of neck shoulders back even around the breast tissue area helps to keep things flowing and blood flow is what creates milk supply so that is a really um, big bonus as well as relieving muscle tension as far as breastfeeding sort of stations I call them Mm -hmm. you're going to want to set your bed up because you're going to spend a lot of time in bed whether it's lying on your side breastfeeding is a position I absolutely love Mm. especially for mothers who are wanting to just take a bit of pressure off where the baby's been born stitches things like that or she's just wanting to promote a bit more of that horizontal rest or the reclined position with the, the what we call the cradle hold so that's the baby's feeding the side that you're holding the baby. So that's definitely taken from Dr. Pamela Douglas's work. So where the body is like quite reclined, so you can kind of lean your torso right back and mm-hmm. then ideally your feet are up on a footstool as mm-hmm. well. So we're almost horizontal. Yeah. And it's like you're going to sit down with your popcorn, watch your movie because you're going to be there for a while. So you want to be comfortable. Yeah. So I love that you guys are actually super realistic and sitting in the breastfeeding chair. I think that's great. (laughs) That's what I do for all those playing at home. If I'm your postpartum doula, and I encourage all of our doulas in our um, FYC village to do that, is sit down in the chair. Like because how, how can you feel it? How can you make a recommendation? You need to you know, be in that moment and and make those suggestions for our mamas. And similar to you, like, you know, your movie concept, I always tell our mums, you got to feel like you're in a deck chair on, mm. like, a beautiful, like, Pacific Island cruise. Think about a pina colada, make it mocktail, you know, and that's how you should be feeling, not hunched over yeah. and, like, trying to work out what's going on. Like, nothing's going to be achieved yeah. with that. Like, that's just a disaster just- waiting to happen. 
I'd love to just speak to the point about your the breast position as mm. well when you're reclined. It actually, with with kind of pulling your shoulders back, it actually lifts your breast up and actually puts the nipple in a more accessible angle for your baby. So if you uh, were commonly taught to breastfeed in a very upright posture, and then actually puts the most pressure on the spine. So lying down is the most optimal, then standing and then sitting is the worst. So, yeah, so, and then, you know, obviously the core is really weak, you know, it's been doing a lot of work and there's a lot of relaxing in that hormone to soften everything up. So um, that is really compounded. And then plus the amount of time that you're spending breastfeeding Mm -hmm. as well is, you know, it's going to be eight plus hours. It's a full-time job plus you're on call. Yeah. And you're not getting paid for it, girls. (laughs) No public holidays or sick days. (laughs) Oh, motherhood's such a treat, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I find that the reclining puts the breast in a better position and then chuck the breastfeeding pillow away. You are the pillow. So the baby is, when you're reclined, spread evenly across your body so Mm -hmm. your arms aren't doing all the work. Our forearms are tiny. They're not designed to carry three, four, five, potentially six kilos for an hour at a time. Mm-hmm. So um, thinking about your posture will help to just make each feed that little bit more sustainable and reduce that tiredness and physical burden of your body. Mm, I love that. You've heard it here first. Throw away your breastfeeding pillows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. All right, then. So for all those playing at home, doulas, I hope you've got your pen and paper. That was your checklist of things that you need to be looking out for with our mamas when we're setting them up. The other thing that we recommend, and this is like my tiny little plug, a breastfeeding trolley station. Yes, I agree with you. Totally. Yeah. We, um, we call it the mama trolley and mm-hmm. it's in our cheat sheets and it's you can get them at like Target or Kmart or Ikea or something like that. They're like 50 bucks. And they're just those metal, you know, multi-shelved stations. But game changer, get the one on wheels, okay? (laughs) Because, because I know people have like this beautiful like chest of drawers or like a little table next to them and they've set up, um, you know, their house and contents on there. It's not mobile, mamas. Get the one with wheels because I can assure you, you're going to get nap trapped all through the house and just have that ability to like move all of your stuff in one shot. Particularly, it was a lifesaver for me. I had a C-section. So I was just like, this is really easy. I'm not lifting anything. I'm literally just gliding something across the floor. It was super, super easy. And it had everything I needed on there. Snacks, <laughs> most importantly. <laughs> and a phone charger yes, as well. Yes, really long, long cord, cord phone yeah, charger. Yeah. What else do I have there? Burping cloths, wipes, yeah. breast pad. Oh, my God, I was like, I was like a cow. It was so funny because they, the midwives, for me, really thought that my milk was not coming in. I think they got very concerned. Like day three, they were like, oh, you know, I don't know what's happening here or anything like that. And it was because um, I just hadn't been shown how to do it properly, Jolene. Mm. Like it was just mm-hmm. madness. And 
and I've spoken about this previously on the podcast, I just had defective nipples. Someone just had to show me a nipple shield and then off and racing and off we were. And then subsequently I was like a dairy cow, like, oh, my goodness, the breast pads that I used to go through. And I didn't know what – I'm just trying to remember. I had never heard of the Haka and I don't know whether that was post um, my pregnancy or or whenever that that came out. But I didn't – I wasn't aware of it. So there was a lot of letdown, let's just say that. So, yeah, I went through a ton of breast pads, hence why I absolutely needed the mama trolley. Okay, we're going to wrap up with a couple of rapid-fire questions. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Of oh. <laughs> <laughs> What is your top tip for birthing mothers? Birthing mothers? Mm. And you can draw Probably. on like your naturopath, midwife and LC kind of experience if you want to. Uh, like honestly just off the top of my head it yep. was um breath work like yeah learn how to breathe it's going to get you through you're stronger than you realize and your breath helps you tap into that so um any um birth workers who promote breath work yeah you're on the right track okay i love it do you have a go-to resource whether it be a book or a workshop or something like that for pregnant mamas or postpartum mamas, something where you're just like, this is gold, like this is really going to set you up? Can I say two? Yes, you can. Yeah. well, I'll I'm, allow for it. Pre- <laughs> for the pre- pregnant mums, I'm actually reading um, The Birth Space by Gabrielle Nankara, the yep. doula. Yeah. And especially for um, mums birthing in Melbourne, even Australia, it's just such a good all-rounder guide, um, quite an emotional guide. There's a lot of birth stories in there. So I think that is a really nice kind of what to sort of expect mm-hmm. emotionally. Um, yeah, great book. And then Dr. Pamela, the discontented <laughs> little baby book, I always recommend that yeah. um, to my parents who are trying to understand their baby and have fun with their baby. Yes. Babies love play. They're ready to socialise from being born. So um, I think that book just helps to relax you a little bit mm-hmm. and kind of let you go with the flow and understand just how much your baby wants to play with you yeah oh I couldn't agree more that book is in our top five at FYC and so you're you're bang on it's about enjoying your baby and understanding the natural biology and physiology and it's just that when I read that book and it was well and truly out of the newborn days even then, it actually just pulled an incredible weight off my shoulders. Mm. And I was like, oh, God, yes. Can you imagine reading this as uh, I think people should read it when they're pregnant, but even still, like if you're in it, like get the book and just realise that it's not necessary to have regimented sleep sleep schedules for kids if that doesn't work for you and your child it is not necessary to have you know regimented feeding plans if that doesn't work for you and your child and also like you were saying play is one of the most underrated kind of that little missing piece that we don't think about when it comes to cry fussing and when I talk to parents around, they're like, oh, you know, we fed them and then, you know, they've slept well and, you know, what's going on? And I'm like, we're in lockdown and 
you're not going outside and mm. they're not out in nature and you're not meeting up in a mother's group and they're not being socialised. Babies, here's the news to slash everyone, babies get bored because they're human yeah. beings as well. Mm-hmm. So I've my recommendation for all mums is if they get into this like cry fuss cycle and nothing seems to be working, you walk outside. You and as I guarantee you, nine out of ten times, your baby will stop. And yeah. because they'll be like, oh my God, what's that? There's a leaf, there's a tree, there's the grass, I can touch the grass, or something like that. Boredom is a fundamental issue with baby cry fussing that people just don't yeah. recognize. Um, yeah. So thank you, Dr. Pamela Douglas, for enlightening us with, oh, with that beautiful information and research. I love her so much. Last question. We always ask our guests this. What do you keep on your bedside table? Oh, that's an intimate question. <laughs> it doesn't have to be. You can make it up if you don't want to. <laughs> I couldn't make like that. Um, no, no, no. I, I try to keep my bedroom in quite a sacred space, Okay, like more minimal, less clutter. My bedside table has a Himalayan salt lamp, a beautiful rose quartz crystal, Mm -hmm. just some of my favourite jewellery, and then a beautiful ceramic um, piece that my friends bought me unexpectedly. So lovely things. I love it. I love it. Surround yourself with beautiful, lovely, calming things by the sounds of Mm. it. Well, Jolene. This has been dynamite. I love it. I've learned so much as well. I did not appreciate, I guess, the nutritional and calming effects of those beautiful herbs that we spoke about, the nettle, raspberry leaf and the chamomile. I feel like the chamomile latte thing has completely changed my world because I'm a huge chai latte girl and Mm. I I feel like I'm going to I'm going to mix it up. I'm going to go get some chamomile and do a chamomile latte of an evening because I always struggle. I want something like warming, but I don't want to be like hot chocolate because I'm like, oh, God, that's too Mm. much sugar and it's going to send me Mm -hmm. over the edge. So I love that. Thank you so much for sharing all of this beautiful knowledge. I think I've definitely learned a lot. I know that other doulas will be able to take so much away from this. Can you, in our wrap-up, just let us know, how can we find you? How can we contact you? How can our mamas get in touch with you? And I guess the types of services that you're currently offering. Yeah, lovely. No, it's been great to chat. It's been an amazing conversation. So I'm Jolene Windispay, so my initials are JWP and that is my website, so jwp.care and then that's also my Instagram handle as well. So contact me through Instagram. Um, I work virtually and do home visits in Melbourne suburbs, so all of my info is on the website. I would love to work with you. I'm really passionate about supporting mums with holistic um, breastfeeding and postpartum support. I really believe in the good work that doulas do, so I can't um, recommend them highly enough as well. Oh, thank you. And we've had clients with you before and we've just got nothing but raving reviews, so it's been amazing. Thank you so much. All right, then, I will speak to you next time. Bye. Okay, thank you, Renee. 
If you loved this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a review. If you know someone out there who would also love to listen to this episode, please hit the share button so they can benefit from it as well. Thank you for listening to The Science of Motherhood. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Science of Motherhood. If you would like to contact us, we are at ifillyourcup.com or you can DM us at ifillyourcup underscore via Instagram. You can find all of our services, including our postpartum in-home care and our Fill Your Freezer meal delivery service as well through both those channels. Thanks so much for listening.